Treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to the amazing world of radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to the amazing world of radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. On November 7th, Dean Stockwell passed away at the age of 85. Like a lot of people in my generation, I identified him with the role of Al in Quantum Leap. However, one thing I've learned from Golden Age Entertainment is that Stockwell had a much longer and much more uh, colorful and multifaceted career. Recently, I watched the version of The Secret Garden that featured Herbert Marshall. And who was in it but Dean Stockwell? It's such a breath to his career that began with child acting and continued through a lot of ups and downs. My most favorite illustration of that is that Stockwell won two Golden Globes, one in 1947 and the other in 1990. And while he didn't do a lot of radio work, he did do some, and we're going to take a listen to uh, an episode he did of Stars Over Hollywood. The original air date is June the 7th, 1952, and the title is Home's Not a Place. This is Dean Stockwell with a welcome to Stars Over Hollywood, presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk. your host for Carnation, Art Ballinger. Welcome to Hollywood, home and workshop of the world's most glamorous people. Each week, Stars Over Hollywood presents, in person, the world's greatest stars, actors you've seen in motion pictures and heard on radio. Such famous names as Rhonda Fleming, MacDonald Carey, Elizabeth Patterson. Today, Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk, brings you a young star whom you'll long remember for his excellent performance in The Boy with the Green Hair. Dean Stockwell. The story, Home's Not a Place. Ladies, when you buy milk, remember that no other kind of milk has as many uses as carnation. Carnation for cooking. Carnation for coffee. Carnation for baby feeding. True enough, no other kind of milk has as many uses as carnation. For no other kind of milk has carnation's double richness. With over half the water removed, Carnation Evaporated Milk has the consistency of cream, and there's good, rich cream in every drop. Even when you dilute Carnation with an equal amount of water, you still have milk that's richer than your state standard for bottled milk. Yet Carnation costs far less than bottled milk, and less than half as much as cream. So, whether it's for cooking, for coffee, or for baby feeding, you will find no other kind of milk so useful, so economical as Carnation, the milk from contented cows. And now, Act One of Home's Not a Place, starring Dean Stockwell in the role of Dickie. Curtain going up. 
An orphanage, no matter how modern, is not the best place in the world to grow up. Dickie had never lived anyplace else, not in all his 14 years. It's tough being 14. You're not a man yet, but you're no longer a child. It's hard to know what you are, because you're a little bit of both and not much of anything. Dickie had one friend at the orphanage. Her name was Susie. She and Dickie had a lot of fun together. But now, something had happened to change all this. Dickie, don't take it so hard. Please, don't take it so hard. I don't care, Susie. I don't care, honest, I don't. I'm glad you got adopted. I'm glad you're going to have a mother and father and a regular house to live in. There'll be just me for them to take care of, Dickie. Instead of a whole lot of kids. They're going to take me to the circus, they said, and buy me cotton candy. And to the rodeo and to the movies anytime I want. All I have to do is ask them, they said. Anything I want to do, I can do. Maybe it's because you're pretty. Am I pretty? You know it. Now, take me, for instance. Oh, Dickie. Everyone except you calls me that other name. Four Eyes. No one ever calls me Dickie. Well, they're just silly, that's all. Maybe it's because... I don't want to talk about it. I feel kind of funny, Dickie, leaving you here all alone. It'll be okay. When are they coming for you? Pretty soon. How soon? Miss Dimple said in about five minutes. I'm all ready to go. Dickie. What? I have an idea. Remember Hempy? Sure, I remember him. Maybe if you brought him back, he'd keep you company like he did before I came here. Oh, Hempy was just pretend. He was baby stuff. I like him. I mean, I like all you told me about him. Nuts to Hempy. You said you used to talk to Hempy just like you talked to me. Out loud and everything. Even if he wasn't really there. Why don't you ask him to come back? Hempy's silly. Miss Dimple said so. I'd almost rather not be adopted than be adopted without you. Look, Susie, you're acting awfully dumb. Getting adopted is the reason why we're here. It's the best thing that can happen, next to having a mother and father of your really, truly own. But I'll be lonesome for you. I wish you could go to the circus with me. Yeah. You helped me a lot while I was here, Dickie. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. You helped me because we liked each other, I guess. Anything you did was okay by me. Remember when you showed me how to tie my shoelaces? Mm-hmm. You must have been pretty dumb not to know how to tie your own shoelaces. A lot of people tried to show me before, but with you, I sort of got the hang of it better. Dickie, I don't want to go. You have to. I'll write you lots of letters. Maybe you can come and see me. Oh, Dickie... I'll cut it out, Susie. I can't help it. Oh, women always bawling. Miss Dimple's calling you. I know. Goodbye, Dickie. So long, Susie. Susie! I'm coming, Miss Dimple. Well, Dickie? You better hurry. Else maybe they'll take somebody else. I wish they would. Go on, they're waiting for you. Your new mother and father are waiting for you, Susie. Bye, Dickie. So long, Susie. by yourself. Nothing, Miss Dimple. Don't you feel well? I'm okay. Then why are you lying in bed? It's playtime, you know. Bedtime isn't for another half hour. Why don't you go over and get in on a checker game? I don't want to. But why? Because they don't want me. Oh, that's nonsense. Just because they gave you a nickname doesn't mean they don't like you. 
Sometimes a nickname means they like you a lot. Four eyes means they don't like how I look. If they did, they'd call me Dickie. You know, Dickie, you have to make an effort to win friendships. Not with Susie, I didn't. You miss Susie, don't you? Oh, I don't know. You've hardly talked to anyone for the three days she's been gone. Well, what's there to talk about? Well, maybe one of these days someone will come along looking for a boy just like you to adopt. You wouldn't want them to turn you down just because you looked grumpy and unhappy, would you? No one will come. Now put your glasses on like a good boy and I'll take you over and get a game started. Wouldn't you like that? Mm-mm, I'm sleeping. But you can't go to sleep. It's not time yet. This is a free play period. And we can do anything I want. I want to go to sleep. Very well, then, if you're going to be stubborn about it. But I'm warning you, you just better mend your ways. Please go away and let me sleep. Twenty-five sheep. Twenty-six sheep. Twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Twenty-nine. Thirty. Yes, Mother? 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 It's all right, Dickie. Dickie. But I thought... I thought... What did you think, baby? That he fell off the typewriter. I saw him. I saw him fall all the way down. And he landed on the horse, and the horse ran away with him. No horse can take your daddy. Dickie, son. Dickie, son. Daddy, daddy. Twenty-five line teamers with. Oh, boy. And from the other pocket, 37 bicycles. In 37 different colors. With horns and lights and covered with 56 gallons of shiny chrome lights up. <laughs> I love you, Dickie. 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 Love you, Dickie. Dickie. Love you. Dickie, boy. Floats through the air with the greatest of ease. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. His actions are... bad boy. What are you doing sitting all alone again? And where are your glasses? In my pocket. If you put them on, I'll tell you the surprise I have for you. Surprises are sissy. Not this one. I've gotten permission to take you into town this evening to see a movie. Thanks a lot, Miss Stimple. But I won't be able to make it. Why ever not? My parents will probably be back to see me, and I wouldn't want to miss them. Why, you know you have no parents. Sure I have. They came to see me last night. You must have been dreaming, that's all. I was not dreaming. I wasn't. They came to see me. How could they have gotten into the dormitory without a key? I guess my father had a key. Probably a key that opens any kind of locks, even on banks. My father can do anything he wants to. He wanted to come and see me, so he did. Even if he didn't have a key, then he'd just break down the door. He's awfully strong. Why, you made all this up out of your head. It's not true. None of it. And the sooner you get rid of such notions, the better. That's what you say, but I know different because I saw them and you didn't. Oh, I'll have to report you to the office. This is terrible and something must be done about it. What's more, young man, something will be done about it. And you know what else, Dickie? My mother and father, they arranged it with the orphanage that next time you can visit me at my house instead of them bringing me here to see you. 
And I'm allowed to invite you for next weekend. I can't come. Why not? Don't you want to visit me? Don't you like me anymore? Well, sure I do. But I have my own parents now, you know. They come and see me all the time, so I have to be here. You do not have any parents either. You should know all the stuff they do for me. Except they don't take you to the circus. I can go to the circus any time because my father's a tightrope walker. Oh, he is not. What does your father do? He's a lawyer. Well, my father's an airplane pilot in his spare time. He has his own airplane and he writes things in the sky. He's going to take me with him next time, maybe next weekend. Yet my father's bigger than yours. He's over six feet. Mine's seven feet. And he gave me 37 bikes. Let's see them. You can't. Why not? Because, because... Because you just made them up, that's why. You're always making things up. That's a lie. And if you don't think so, you ought to see my mother. Boy, is she pretty. She's prettier than you, even if you do have curls now instead of pigtails. My mother puts my hair up every night. My mother smells like roses. All the time, she smells like roses. And she has blue eyes and a great big diamond necklace. My mother's president of the League of Women Voters. My mother could be president of the whole United States if she wanted to. I don't believe it. I don't believe anything you say. Nobody's seven feet tall unless you make it up. And nobody has bikes that you can't see. And nobody's mother can be president. You made it all up, just like you made up Hempy. You don't have any parents, and I do, so there. And I don't want you to come to my house, not ever, ever, ever. Oh, who wants to go to your house anyway? And how come they let you stay here? How come they don't take you home with them? So the curtain falls on the first act of today's radio drama, Home's Not a Place, starring Dean Stockwell, and brought to you by Carnation Evaporated Milk. Before we return to the second act, here's the lady who has everybody's good appetite at heart, Carnation's home service director, Mary Blake. Thank you, Art. You know, friends, this month of June is a month of big occasions. What with weddings, graduations, and such, it seems to bring out the cake maker in all of us. And uh, cake making time is a good time to graduate to carnation evaporated milk, right, Mary? True, Art. You can put carnation to no better use than for cakes and icing. In fact, in my recipe book, carnation diluted with an equal amount of water is an absolute must because it's the only kind of milk that's heat refined. And that's important to good cake. I think I know why that is, Mary. Heat refining enables carnation to give you finer cake texture and flavor. And let's not forget the icing. That's where carnation shows off its richness. For icings, of course, you want to use carnation undiluted, just as it pours from the can. Remember, folks, carnation is more than double rich, with the consistency of cream. And there's cream in every drop. So naturally, icings made with carnation are extra rich. And less expensive, too, Art. Something to be considered these days. Well, Mary, it just remains to be said that in cakes and icings, as in so many other foods that call for milk or cream, you can depend on carnation to perform cooking miracles not possible with any other kind of milk. Don't fail to try it, friends. Mary Blake's favorite cooking milk will be your favorite, too, just as it is with millions of other homemakers who say, there's nothing like carnation, the milk that whips. <laughs> We return now to the second act of Home's Not a Place, starring Dean Stockwell in the role of Dickie. 
Mickey had spent all 14 years of his life in an orphanage. He never had any real friends until Susie came along. Susie was the only one who didn't make fun of his thick glasses. Then Susie was adopted, and Dickie started keeping to himself again. Out of his loneliness, he created a make-believe mother and father who became more and more real to him each day. When Susie came to visit him, he told her about his new parents. She refused to believe in them. This made Dickie angry enough to hit her. Miss Stimple had to intervene to stop the quarrel. You're an ungrateful little boy. Put your glasses on. My father and mother say I don't have to wear them anymore. You don't have any parents, and you know it. Now, put your glasses on. No, I don't have to. Why? What do you mean, deliberately breaking your glasses like that? Do you know how much it'll cost the orphanage to get you a new pair? I don't care. I don't care. You come along with me. I'm going to lock you up, and you won't be let out until you admit you're lying about having parents. Are you coming? No. Well, then I'll just have to drag you. They're true. They're true. Dad, when are you going to come and take me home? You want to go home? Why didn't you say so, Dickie son? I figured maybe you had a reason. Maybe you were going on a transatlantic flight or something, and, and that's why I had to stay here all alone. We'll come and get you as soon as we can. When will that be, Dad? Pretty soon. They don't believe in you. They don't believe you're ever going to come and get me. Dickie boy. Dickie boy. Dickie. Dickie. Dickie bird. I want you to put on a clean shirt, Dickie. What for? Comb your hair. Why? Because there's a gentleman in the office who wants to see you. My dad... He said he'd come and now he's here. Uh, this man is not your father. He, he's just a man who's interested in adopting a boy of your age. I knew he'd come because he promised. He always keeps his promise, my father does. You don't deserve to see this nice man, but since you're the only boy in the orphanage who's 14 years old, we, we haven't much choice in the matter. Now, uh, take off that dirty shirt. Okay. And I'm going to comb my hair real good. <laughs> Mr. Thomas, this is Dickie. Dickie, this is Mr. Thomas. Hi, Dickie. Hello. Well, I'll leave you two alone to get acquainted, if you'll excuse me. Sure, Miss Temple. Well, Dickie? What's the matter? You wear glasses. Yeah, so do you. So what? A wonderful invention. When Mother Nature slips up, glasses take over. Somebody must have made a mistake. What do you mean? My father doesn't wear glasses. You aren't my father. No, but maybe I will be someday, if we like each other. My father's a lot taller than you. What do you do? I'm a school teacher. School teacher? I teach manual arts. What's that? Making things. With saws and wood and nails and things. I could make almost anything you'd want. My father can pull anything I want right out of his pocket. Well, that's a fine thing to be able to do. I, I wish you'd ask him to pull out a new fishing rod for me. <laughs> Mine's kind of beat. Maybe I will. When are you going fishing? This Friday afternoon. I'm going to spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up in the woods I know. It's nice up there. I have a cabin where I stay. But it's, it's more fun when you have company. Why don't you invite someone to go along? I was thinking of that. But I, I didn't know anyone to ask. I don't suppose you'd like to go up, would you? 
I'd like to. But I'm expecting my father to come for me pretty soon. Well, how about leaving him a note telling him where you are? Maybe he wouldn't be able to find me. I'll draw him a map. Well... Oh, I always have a great time up there. Great hunting and fishing. Maybe you'll bring back a rabbit or some trout. And you'll be doing me a big favor by coming, Dickie. I, I like having someone to talk to. Do you think he could follow the map? <laughs> From what you tell me, your dad can do just about anything he put his mind to. I could pick you up here about 4 o'clock on Friday. How about it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that'd be all right. I'll see you then. And be sure and bring the map. I think I got another bite. Sure looks like it. Jerk your line like you told me to do. Okay. Oh, I lost him. Eh, probably just a bunch of grass or something. What are you going to do with all the fish you caught, Joe? And the rabbits? Uh, give them away, I guess. Maybe I'll keep a rabbit for myself. What are you going to do with yours? I was thinking about giving them to you. <laughs> well, I... I used to take them home to my wife and boy. I had a son, you know. What happened to him? Oh, about a year ago, he and his mother were killed in an accident. I sure miss them. Especially at night. My house seems pretty empty. How come you don't get a chance to get someone to come and live with you? Well, I, I've been thinking about that. As a matter of fact, uh, I was thinking about asking you to come and live with me, Dickie. You're the same age as my son was, and you even look something like him. He must have been awful funny looking. <laughs> I used to say he looked like me. I don't think you're funny looking. I don't suppose you'd like to come and live with me? Sure I would. Except for my father. He's supposed to come and take me home pretty soon. What do you think home is, Dickie? It's the place where you live with your mother and father. I used to think that way, too. But lately I've been changing my mind. Home's not a place, Dickie. It's a feeling. I live in the same place as I did before the accident, but... It isn't a home anymore. Because I... I don't feel the same about it. There's no one in it I need. Who do you need? Well, I... I guess I need someone like you, for instance. A man and a son. That's a fine feeling. That's what home feels like. But what about my other father? Well, after all, he has your mother. So he couldn't need you as much as I do because I don't have anyone. And, like I said, if, if someone needs you, needs you more than anything else in the world, then you're home. I'd have to talk to them first, Joe. How does this sound to you, Dickie? I'll take you back to the orphanage tomorrow and you wait around for your parents and discuss the matter with them. Tell them all I told you. And then, uh, along about Wednesday... I'll come to see you, and you can tell me what they said. That sounds okay to me. I'll do it. Hey, Joe, I think I got a bite. Shh. 
I don't know what you said to him last weekend, Mr. Thomas, but he's been a different child since you brought him back. He'll be along any minute now. Thanks, Miss Temple. Oh, here he comes now across the lawn, running as though his life depended on it. <laughs> I'm going to slip out the side door and leave you two alone. You seem to be the best thing that ever happened to him. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thanks. Hi, Joe. How are you? Well, Dickie, how are you? Okay. Well, what's the verdict? What did your parents have to say? They didn't say anything. They didn't? Well, I couldn't ever get a chance to ask them. Oh, that's too bad. I, I was hoping... It's a funny thing, Joe. Every time my father came to see me, he turned into you all of a sudden. <laughs> that is funny. Like once, he was unlocking the door, and the key turned into a fish hook, and then you were there. Well, how do you explain it, Dickie? I thought about it a lot, but it's hard to figure out. Dickie, didn't you used to have a make-believe friend named Himpy? Miss Stimple told me something about him. Yeah? That was when you didn't have any friends here. But uh, what happened when Susie came along to be your friend? Himpy went away. He just disappeared. And that means that when you want something very badly, you, you just make it up. Lots of people do that. So, after Susie left, what you wanted was a father. So, you made one up in your dreams. And the reason he turns out to be me now is because... Because you're going to be my father, and I don't have to pretend anymore because you're real. Right. Say, you're pretty smart to figure all that out. Yeah, Joe. How do you feel about rabbit for supper? I sure would like some. Well, come on then, Dickie, let's go. Okay, Joe, let's go. And so the curtain comes down on the final act of Home's Not a Place. This week's Stars Over Hollywood show is presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk and starring Dean Stockwell. In just a moment, we'll have news about next week's show. Meantime, how about a curtain call, Dean Stockwell? You bet, Mr. Ballinger. Dean, that was a fine job of acting. That part where you were talking about those imaginary parents, mm -hmm. that was very convincing. But not very difficult, Mr. Ballinger. I have a couple of pretty good examples at home. That's a very fine thing to say about your parents, Dean. Young people aren't always as appreciative. If they only knew the worries and cares that mothers and fathers go through, I'll never forget the formula staged with my youngsters. What a time that was, getting the right milk and all. Of course, we wound up with carnation evaporated milk, like so many others. I understand you come from a carnation family, Dean. That's what I hear, Mr. Ballinger. Well, no wonder you and your brother have grown up to be such huskies. Carnation's milk minerals and vitamin D are real bodybuilders. And that's why it's so important to start them off young on Carnation. Right from the first, Carnation babies do well. Easiest milk in the world to digest. And doubly safe, too, because Carnation is not only pasteurized, but sterilized after the can is sealed. No wonder eight out of ten mothers who use Carnation say their doctor recommended it. It's the milk every doctor knows. And Dean, for that lovely Carnation mother of yours, here's a bouquet I think she'll appreciate. Red and white carnations, just like those pictured on every can of carnation evaporated milk. Thank you very much, Mr. Ballinger. And say, what's going to be on Stars Over Hollywood next week? Our star on next Saturday's Stars Over Hollywood show will be Elizabeth Patterson. Oh, well, she's swell. What's the story about? Well, it's about an aunt who tries to help in a home and is almost made to leave until a very interesting thing happens. It's called Aunt Molly Says. I'm going to listen. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Dean. 
The story on today's Stars Over Hollywood was written by Peggy Chandler. Supporting Dean Stockwell were Ken Peters, Ann Whitfield, Noreen Gamill, and Louise Arthur. Music was composed and conducted by Rex Corey, and the program was directed by Don Clark. Ladies, when you shop for groceries today, be sure to have Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk, on your shopping list. No other kind of milk has as many uses as Carnation. Carnation for cooking. Carnation for coffee. Carnation for baby feeding. Good, good, good. For milk that's extra good, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. Rich, rich, rich. For milk that's creamy rich, you should get the brand that's called Carnation. For the Carnation Company and Stars Over Hollywood, this is Art Ballinger, suggesting that you be sure to see the George Burns and Gracie Allen television show brought to you by Carnation Evaporated Milk. Tune in every Saturday and hear the world's greatest motion picture stars in person on Stars Over Hollywood. Next Saturday, we are proud to present the distinguished character actress, Miss Elizabeth Patterson, in Aunt Molly Says. Stay tuned now for Grand Central Station, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Stars Over Hollywood comes to you from our Hollywood studios and is heard in Canada over the Dominion Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. Well, this was recorded at an interesting time in Stockwell's career. After 1951, he put his acting career pretty much on pause. Stockwell appeared in the 1951 film, Cattle Drive, which uh, he starred in with uh, Joel McRae of Tales of the Texas Rangers, which we're currently doing on the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, and then didn't do any film or television until 1956. Uh, during that time, he finished high school, went to college, decided he didn't like it, and then returned to acting. But it's interesting to note he did actually a couple of different radio plays in 1952. He also did an episode of Cavalcade of America. And that was one benefit of radio. You could pick up a spare job easily. And it also helped out, you know, like women with families. They could go ahead and act on radio and, you know, then just be able to go home and be with their families. And so obviously, even during this little hiatus in his teen years, Stockwell was interested in keeping a foot in the acting world. There's a lot you could pick apart apart about the radio play, but a lot of it does come down to the genre and the type of thing it was. It's a Saturday afternoon melodrama. And so if you just sit there and ding it for being a melodrama, you're just dinging it because you don't like the thing it is rather than having a criticism of it doing something wrong. For what it was, I think it was not bad. I actually think Stockwell did a really good job in this. Really, the character he played, Dickie, could have been insufferable. 
I've I've heard performances where you'll have characters with this sort of background where both the writing and the acting just super lean into uh, trying to be as over the top as about everything as possible. Dogwell's performance did not do that. I'll often hear actors use a phrase. They'll talk about finding the truth of their character. And I think that's exactly what he did in this. Because, you know, beyond his dreams and his fantasies, you've got just this really simple question. What is it like to be a 14-year-old orphan boy who is alone with no friends and no one who understands him? And he captured that really well. I think it showed some growth as an actor uh, because even something like in The Secret Garden where he played the uh, young son of Herbert Marshall's character, I thought, you know, maybe dial it back just a little bit. I mean, that character has some over-the-top stuff in his nature. But Stockwell, you know, when he was younger, really leaned into it. Here, I think it's very honest and very real, which manages to keep uh, me in the story throughout most of the episode. Now, of course, the way that the lady who ran the orphanage acted didn't help matters. I I think that the episode captures her really, you know, being well-intentioned and trying to help, but really just not getting it. And the comment that, you know, you don't deserve a nice person to come to the orphanage to consider adopting you. Like, why would you even tell him that? I, I mean... I suppose, you know, you can look at it, if you want, from the perspective that you're capturing the feelings of Dickie and how he, how the words came through to him, as opposed to a literal account of what she said. But there's no indication it's that type of story. But if it helps you, I guess you can go with that. I think with his friend from the orphanage, there's was maybe a little bit of a sense of unreality about it. It seemed like uh, being adopted uh, transformed her a lot very quickly. But I think, you know, there's, you know, some exaggeration of that where she wants Dickie to be in her life, but she's really not in for dealing with his drama that he's got going on she's trying to move on and she wants him to move on with her and then joe comes in and i think joe really comes off very likable great performance from kim peters who plays that role and what i liked about joe is joe doesn't make his focus you know uh explaining to dicky uh things that he already knows you know that on some level that he really doesn't have a living parents as well-intentioned as everybody was telling dickie that it really didn't deal with the hurt behind the fantasy just drove home the thing that made him create the fantasy 
And Joe is just very gentle and sweet. Although the framing of it as you're you're about my son's age and all that is kind of questionable in real life. But for this sort of melodrama, I think it's fine. So I enjoyed this. I thought we had some great performances, particularly from Dean Stockwell, who just, you know, showed the type of actor he was becoming and... I guess uh, foreshadowed the type of career he was going to have, and also from Kim Peters. I think they really elevated the material and made this a pretty interesting lesson. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And it was uh, nice just to be able to talk about uh, some work by Dean Stockwell and a little forgotten piece of his amazing... Well, that will actually do it for now. We will be back Christmas week. I hope you'll be listening then. If you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.